What's good? What's good? What's good, fans? Thank you guys for joining in to the Voice of the Fans podcast. This is show 110, Mr. Cleavon. Happy belated birthday to you, young Sam. Thanks so much. Uh, Monday went great. It was a fantastic day. I feel blessed. Thanks so much. Well, thank you for being a part of the show, man. And sorry to beat you up every each and every week, but uh, we're going to do it again today. This is the Voice of the Fans podcast. You just heard Young Sam. I am your man, Young Cam. Or, and we're going to talk about the NFL topics. We're going to talk about the World Series ha- happening. We're going to talk about this day in history. Also, we're going to get into our fantasy football teams here again in week 110, Mr. Cleveland. Fans, want to thank you guys for tuning in. Eat, however you're listening to our show, each and every one of you, whether it's our Heart Radio, Tuned In, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, we appreciate you for tuning in. Just ask you one thing. Please rate and review our show, and then tell a friend to tell a friend about the best podcast going right now. And, again, we just keep coming up with content week after week after week for you. But, Cleveland, we're going to talk about this NFL Week 10, or excuse me, the NFL Week 8, it, it only is Week 8, but we got so much content, so much to talk about. It feels like we got extra weeks in us. So get comfortable, fans, and let's do this. Once again, it's October 28, 2020, Week 110, Cleveland, and each week we talk about their numbers, man. Number 28. Who wore this number best, or who first comes to your mind when you think of number 28? The person that wore it best and the person that comes to mind first is uh, not my favorite guy, but not my least favorite guy either, but, you know, quite a, quite the, quite the player will be Marshall Farrell. Not your favorite guy, man. He's quite possibly – Definitely in the top three, but I can make an argument for him being the best running back in the game, in the history of the game. I can make that argument. Definitely in the top three. Marshall Falk was pretty damn good. How about that Kurt Warner, the original Kurt Warner, who was number 28 for the Seattle Seahawks? you remember that guy? I definitely do, and he uh, was a prominent figure. Especially here appearing in the 206, but uh, didn't work quite as well as uh, Marshall Falk. No, 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 no. He he didn't. But that's the guy who coming 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 to, to mind first. I mean, maybe he should, just because he was a you know a childhood hero and all that. But you know, it, it really is Marshall. Yeah, he just just uh, as a. Running back aficionado, this cat was – there was something special about him, you know, until his knee injury. I mean, he had a quick burst. He had a hesitation, like a hezzy. It wasn't a – like the guy see, has the hesitation move on the basketball court. He had the hesitation move kind of getting around the corner, you know, quick enough to, to outrun the linebackers, um, strong enough to run over some cornerbacks. He, he he had a unique hesitation move that you just don't see very often in a lot of backs, and that, that made him special. Um, another guy who was kind of an all-around running back that I remember very vividly was uh, Jock Robinson from the University of Washington, your alma mater. Um, 
who actually had some offspring that end up being better in sports than he was. Uh, do you remember seeing him play at all? I absolutely do. In the Rose Bowl and the Orange Bowl, uh, the only player uh, in college football history to be the MVP of the Rose Bowl and the Orange Bowl. So yeah, Ooh, good, good, good job for that. Jock, I was I was a fan of Jock. wasn't necessary. wasn't really a UW fan ever, but I was a fan of Jock and and kind of uh, the way he the way he ran the ball. Um, number ten, we, with it being week ten, obviously we look at the number ten. Who wore this number best? And or who came to your mind first? Well, the person that comes to mind first is uh, without a question. Uh, the cat that invented the UTEP two-step, terrible mm. Tim Hardaway. Mm, okay. Killer, the killer crossover. But who wore this? I'm going to go uh, with, uh, you know, Messi. Lionel, you, can, you can't go wrong with Lionel Messi, right? And he captures the, the minds of the world versus, uh, you know, some nationwide sports. Um that's a good call by you, Messi is a guy. Uh, so, Mr. Cleavon, you, you didn't want to talk about it last week, so let's talk about it this week. A.B. is now Buck. What do you think – how do you think this impacts the Buccaneers, and do you think A.B. is going to be the A.B. we've seen in years previous? Uh, I certainly think that from all of the reports that I have heard that he has definitely been humbled and understand that this is his last best chance to uh, continue with a National Football League career. And, you know, hopefully he will be on his best behavior and that some of the uh, antics that he has been associated with in the last couple of years, I guess actually really mostly last year, um, will be behind him and he'll just be a model citizen and be able to contribute to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers trying to uh, get to the Super Bowl. Hmm. You know, with um, Chris Godwin going down and not, not really giving the production that everybody expected from him in the offseason, I think he has an opening uh, with without upsetting Mike Evans any more than he already is so far this season. But I think he has an opening and he has an opportunity to be good. And and if he is, what we've seen in the past of Antonio uh, Brown, it will revive the career of Mike Evans, or it should. If, if, it, if health isn't the issue and it's just uh, camaraderie and the connection, the chemistry that he has with Tom Brady, I think this will – this has a chance to kind of spark both of them because we know Tom Brady has that relationship with them. He's going to kind of force feed Antonio Brown the ball. Um, Antonio Brown's going to do his part to get open, and he's going to catch some passes. If he does attract the double team like he has in the past, that should leave Mike Evans one-on-one. And provided he is 100% healthy, which uh, some speculate, um, that'll give him some one-on-one ball, some more um, open attempts at catching the passes. And then – and Chris Godwin, if he with the broken finger, he's going to be out a couple of weeks. If he can't stay healthy and he can't get in rhythm, um, as he's shown he's not able to do in the first what eight weeks of the season, uh, he might be the odd man out here. Um, 
nonetheless, Tom Brady has another target. That excuse has gone out the window. Um, he'll have another target for the Buccaneers to kind of make a surge for the division uh, title here, which it looks like uh, they have a good chance of kind of capturing, capturing at this point in the, in the season. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, definitely the way uh, New Orleans has looked a little bit suspect. Uh, Carolina's still trying to find their way without a Christian. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons completely fallen by the wayside. Uh, I'm sure we'll get to that topic a little bit later. And, uh, yeah, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers definitely have a legitimate, a legitimate chance to win the division. And I think, uh, well, I'm not going to call them the favorites right now, but we'll see how the whole thing unfolds. Yeah, well, I mean, should you might we'll call them the favorites because the, the Saints, like you're saying, they're looking kind of uh, beatable at the moment. So uh, we'll see if they can get things turned around and be the Super Bowl uh, favorites that I predict going to be at the beginning of the season. So something interesting happened. Your boy Baker Mayfield was zero for five as he started the game in the Battle of Ohio. Browns versus Buccaneers through interception for whatever reason Odell Beckham Jr. went into the leap into the pile to try to make a tackle on the interception and came down with the ACL MCL sprain now he's out for the rest of the season have we seen the best days have the best days of Odell Beckham are the best days of Odell Beckham behind him, and or have we seen the last of him in a Cleveland Browns uniform? Your thoughts on this? Uh, to answer that question, yes and yes. I was I was going to address that in the funny or foul segment of the the show, but somewhere Sean Alexander and Deion Sanders are laughing. <laughs> uh, you know, sharing some cognac, smoking a cigar, like that is exactly why we don't do that kind of stuff because look at that dude. He is out for the entire season on a team that's four and you know, four or five and two, quite possibly a playoff contender, and you were trying to make a tackle on a play that you know, that's just not what wide receivers do. But so. I mean, come on. But there's, I mean, there's a difference, and and I'm a, I'm gonna argue your point right there from a guy that you know you're very familiar with. But wide receiver, we've seen one guy, um, kind of protect his quarterback and race ninety ninety yards down the field to save a touchdown play. So wide receivers do make this, uh, those plays a tackle. And we just saw it happen with Metcalf chasing down Buda Baker. Um, but the way he went up in, into the pile, like he went up into the pile, Odell Beckham I'm talking about, like first of all, he wasn't making a tackle. Like he wanted to jump, like jump on the pile, like playing around. Hey, guys, I'm in the game. I'm here. And just kind of left, left, left into the pile. And it wasn't – maybe he hit the defender – the, the defender on the head as he, you know, and, and as five guys were there and it was, he was just kind of piling on and it didn't really look like he was, he didn't lower the shoulder. He didn't square up. He didn't, you know, have to put his shoulder into the ball carrier and wrap up. It wasn't that type of play. 
It was he just kind of piled on the pile, <laughs> and, then, and then he came down with a leg injury. And, and, and you're right. Other cats was like, "Well, I'm looking at it like, dude, what are you doing?" And then other cats are looking like, "Yeah, this is exactly why we don't, you know, we don't get involved with this." Uh, what are your thoughts on on the actual play? How what happened? The actual play was ridiculous. I mean, the 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 pass was overthrown. He he led him into, you know, harm's way. You know, obviously he's emotional. I mean, he's competitive and he wants to get into it. But hey, man, not not at your size, not at your weight. Why why are you jumping into the pile trying to like, you know, stop the inevitable? It's just it was just it's just ridiculous. And then, you know. The eventual outcome of it is just even more egregious. Why are you jumping into a pile of players that are hundreds of pounds heavier than you? Yeah, yeah. It, trying, it, it try, trying, no trying to trying to pre- prevent what? What are you trying to prevent there? Are you, are yeah, you just no. trying to? Is it just it's like an ego thing? You're just trying to be all macho and okay. Well, now you you're not going to play another down this entire season. Yeah, I think I thought it was just I'm in the play, uh, I'm in the scrum, and just let me kind of let me kind of see, let everybody see my numbers in in action here. I thought that's what that kind of play symbolized um, there. But then, you know, uh, oddly enough, and why I say this might be his last, you know, the last time we see him in a Browns uniform because after that play, Baker Mayfield went 22 or 23, and a comeback victory over you know rookie Joe Burrow. Um, you know, who's just having a tough way. I mean, he's doing every, each and everything he can to kind of get this team, to lead his team to victory and prove that he's worth that number one pick. But the team is just, um, man, they just can't buy a break. So it might have been better if, you know, he was in a, a place like South Florida. But we'll, we'll talk about that a little later. Um, of course. Good Steelers or bad Titans in in the game of the week. I mean, um, again, the Titans again, the Titans that, again. Go ahead. Again, back to my funnier foul. Is it funnier foul that the head coach Mike Vrabel brought in a kicker that he had played with, broken hmm. bread with? Won three Super Bowls with. Left him out in the cold, man. It it was horrible. It's it's better. It's it's a tough one because the Steelers played so well. But I'm gonna have to go with worst uh, Titans on that one, man. Come on, You, you you get the game in a winnable position, and then you rely on some. You know, some would call him the Hall of Fame. Kicker, some would call him. You got you question about you got you question that. Man, this season, this season has been tumultuous to say the least. And I'm being kind, but I'm just saying. Can you play your um, way out of the Hall of Fame? Oh, you most certainly can play your way out of the Hall of Fame. For crying out have loud, we, have you seen have this we, season? Have we seen, that, have we seen that happen where a player plays himself out of the Hall of Fame? can't think of a specific example, Cam, but I certainly think that the narrative is such that it's possible 
that at one time you were a Hall of Fame player and then you just played so poorly down the stretch that your entire body of work is, you know. I don't know that you can play. You know, I never – I didn't give this any thought. This is just kind of a question I'm just pulling out of the air just as we talk. But you can go from the greatest of all time and the best ever to do it in that argument to not play yourself out of – out of the Hall of Fame, but then you're just a, a Hall of Fame kicker. You know what I'm saying? You're just a Hall of Fame player and no longer the greatest ever to do it is is what he was. You might have been made, able to make that argument, right? So I think we, I think, we've I seen think that, that kicker is, is one of those positions where it's like, wow, you might have the ability to kick yourself out of the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I mean, but then we look at back at the Super Bowl wins. It's like, okay, damn. Um, I mean, he kicked some pressure kicks and pressure situations, and proved that he he had the ability, and he got he not had the ability. He got actually got it done in pressure in current situations. So those that can't ever be denied. But then you just kind of you're like, okay, well, he got old, and time passed him by, and he still was trying to play, and he just didn't capitalize. So I don't know that you – I don't know. We're going to have to sleep on that one. Fans, answer this question for us, fans. If you listening, Cleavon, what's your Twitter account? Uh, I am Cleavy Wonder at the Twitter account. And fans, uh, of all the questions that we've asked, this is the most controversial. Um, and we're just not really – neither one of us really has a legitimate answer to the question. So your feedback would be much appreciated. Can you play yourself out of the Hall of Fame? Can you play yourself out of the Hall of Fame? Can you play so bad down the stretch when you once had a Hall of Fame career that now you're no longer in the Hall in football? That, that, that's a very that's a very difficult question to ask yeah. and answer. Um, what's good in sport on Twitter? Voice of fans on Instagram. Please answer this question. Respond. However you listen to the show, respond to the comments. Can you play yourself out of the Hall of Fame? That's going to be the question of the show. Um, so you say bad Titans. Um, I have to say bad Titans because they lost. I mean, they lost, they they got the game. I I can't say good um, good Steelers because the Titans had a chance to tie that game up, and come they had a chance to actually come back and win that game. So um, I'm not going to go there. It was a good game. I think the Titans are going to kind of get them back, and we give credit to Steelers for the win there. Good Cardinals. Or bad Seahawks. Man, I'm not ready to talk about all that, Cam. I, I knew you were going to go there, and I knew you were just waiting okay. to go there. Why are you Why are you waiting to go there? So tough. I, mean, I don't. I don't really appreciate the glee with which you're with what you're kind of trying to ask the question. This is bad this is Seahawks. That's podcast. obvious. It's bad Seahawks. <laughs> why? why you see, couple, I, I see. I see you trying to get under my coffee. skin there. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. It's bad He's Seahawks. So it's a real obvious I mean, answer, but you asked the question anyway. That's okay. Well, yeah, we got to ask. We got to talk about it, man. We, it's we a real obvious die. answer. You can't shot, you it's can't it's bad it. Seahawks. Okay, it's bad Seahawks. Oh, move on. No, 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 we don't, Next we question. Next Russell. question. We can't discuss Next question. three interceptions. Like, Next question. Keep it moving. Next question. Keep it moving. Oh, for real? If, okay. If you can't play, if you can't play your way out of uh, 
Hall of Fame vote, you can play your way out of an MVP uh, race, can't you? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's what we've seen mm-hmm. from Russell Wilson. This, this no, I hear you. I hear you talking. No, I hear you talking. All right, well, so talk about talking. the play of the game. Talk about the play of the game. Actually, that wasn't a touchdown on either side of the ball, and that actually might go down and could possibly go down as one of the best plays of the season. I'll allow you to comment on that. How about that one? Well, I think the play that you're alluding to, Cameron, is after Russell Wilson of one of his three interceptions, the first one being to Buda Baker, and Buda Baker caught the uh, interception and thought that he was in the clear until, you know, a Seattle Seahawk that is, uh, you know, 6'3", 235 pounds, runs a four two five forty, you know, turned on the gas and understood uh, the gravity of the situation and, you know, Made a play just to, you know, hopefully salvage the victory. And, you know, it went from seven to three, just like that. You know, it it very easily should have been seven points, a touchdown. But, hey, man, tackled him, held those guys to a field goal, and it just showed his commitment. A guy that that some of us didn't think think was worthy of of a second-round pick. Didn't think he can catch yeah. 40 passes in the season. So, uh, you know, I, I think it was just kind of, you know, validation as to, you know, his physical specimen. So so let's say this. Um, and this is what I saw uh, in that play. It was a great play. Hustle, heart, I, I like the play. Um, and, it, you know, it didn't amount to points on the board, but it took points off the board. So we'll we'll give him credit for that. But that was a clear distinction of four six versus four two, right? We saw that, and Baker thought he was, you know, UW, UW grad. I mean, you didn't mention that. I expect you to mention that, but uh, UW product, and that was his his um, on the scouting report. The question that he had was the speed, and <laughs> he gets the ball and runs what eighty five yards and gets tracked down by. The guy with the four-two speed. So that was good hustle, good heart. Um, that you cannot complain about his ability—not ability, but his his want to—and that's what Metcalf showed. He earned so he earned a lot of fans. Uh, if you weren't a fan of his game receiving the ball, you showed that he had the heart and the, the want to uh, on that play there, which was very impressive. So as the Seahawks took their first L of the, of the season, I mean they're five and one. So come on, don't. Don't be too upset. Don't be too salty up there in the Northwest. You're 5-1. You weren't going to go undefeated. You just lost to an in, interdivision rival that uh, may have kind of caught you guys off guard. But you were at their home. So uh, Arizona proved to be a, a worthy competitor. And what can you say about Kyler Murray? I mean, that, that connection with him and DeAndre Hopkins, he, the Seahawks fans already knew that that was going to be trouble to begin with. <clears throat> but uh, Kyler Murray is looking like he's a little bit he was worthy of the number one pick. He's able to get to some things done. That's what he's kind of shown on national TV. Um, and that was a, I'm going to say good Cardinals in that game, not bad Seahawks. Bad, um, good 49ers or bad Patriots? Ooh, bad Patriots, man. They're sticking out the joint. They, they, they have a, no semblance of uh, cohesion whatsoever on the offensive side or the defensive side of the ball. Man, they are uh, 
a work in progress, man. Total influx, man. Just I, I don't know what Bill Belichick is going to do. He doesn't have his uh, you know his prodigal son at his side anymore. So it's a little well, let's go to see what they're going to be. Um, I know it's been quite some time because they've always had that golden ticket into the playoffs. Looking up at teams like Buffalo and Miami for crying out loud. Um, uh, we'll see. We'll see if they can write the ship. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's bad Patriots. The the thing I hate the narrative now is is the cats. You're trying to hear it now. As the Tampa Bay get a couple of W's under their belt. Is that look who needed who more? You know that. Ta- yeah, the talent the talent prevails. Is that was that what you're talking about? As opposed to uh, the X's and O's guy. Yeah, sometimes it's just the talent. Four and two, two and four. I mean, the, the numbers don't lie, right? He's 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 in a tough division. He's in a tough. Division. I mean, I mean, this, 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 this is not this is not a subway commercial, right? <laughs> this is he's in a tough division that a lot of people poo poo. Number one, let's he's in a tough division. Oh my god, yeah, you seen the AFC East? A tough division? Yeah, it, tough it's division. the second uh, least tough division after the NFC East. That division sucks. Oh, Everybody knows that. that. I hate that nothing. <laughs> of course you would say that. That fits your narrative. Of course you fits, uh, You would say that. No, he's in a tough division. Oh, wow. Really? With it's a the, tough division? The AFC East? With the Miami Dolphins, the leader of the division, I think, has two losses. So, yes, yeah, tough division. The next team in line is, is at 500, yes. He's at 2-4, and four, he, and the other team is the Bi Plains, I think, has one win. So, yeah, tough division. Everybody in that division is competitive. Yes, tough division, sir. And, uh, okay, have, have you seen some of those Have you seen some of those other divisions in the AFC? I mean, just for, you know, smacks and giggles, I'm just, I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. you know, for example, tough for example, division. the AFC North has uh, a team that's 6-0, and 5-1, and 5-2. and Okay. That, that's also a tough division. Yeah. The AFC there South be, has a team that's five and one and four and two, and the AFC West has a team that's six and one and three and three. There, there's conversely there's in the AFC East, there's a team that's five and two, the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins are three and three, the Patriots in third place are two and four, and the team behind them has not won a game. Okay, so uh, how's that okay, a tough division? They're top heavy. That, okay, that, retract, retract. Okay, okay. Sometimes <laughs> you. Just, I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying when the evidence is presented in front of you, maybe you might want to, you know, stand down. There, there could be I'm multiple tough divisions now that because they're not mutually exclusive. I know, but you call the AOC one of them, and that is not a tough division. As a matter of fact, when the New England Patriots go up and beat the Buffalo Bills, I mean, my goodness. The Miami Dolphins might be in first place. Right. You're, you're or close right. to it. And or crying out loud. And we're going to get to them in short. We're going to get to them shortly. But, yes, it's a, it's a tough division. Everybody's competitive in that division. Tough and division. Uh, okay. I, I've, I've heard you say All as right, much. Go with that. that. Sure, sure thing. thing. Go, go with that. Go with that. You're, we're going with that. But in that game, I say it was bad Patriots. Obviously, they stuck up the joint. The 49ers uh, kind of rolled and they kind of did what they should, should in that in that uh, matchup there. Good Buccaneers or bad Raiders? 
I can't say bad Raiders because of all the adversity they had gone through. And I'm, I'm kind of with John Gruden. Maybe you don't really actually even play that game. Maybe you try and flex that out at some other point in the season. Um, I know it's kind of hard um, given, you know, schedule conflicts to, you know, to play that game at another time. But, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to say the Raiders kind of were unfortunately given the uh, adverse situations that they were under. Can't really give the Tampa Bay a good win on that. I would have to give the, uh, you know, the Las Vegas Raiders a bad loss. Yeah, because of unfortunate the, circumstances, I would say. Well, that's kind of what the year presents. And, um, you know, unfortunately, like you say, they weren't able to uh, flex out of that game and they were forced to, to play the game. And, you know, they took one on the chin. Uh, kind of uh, chalk that one up to COVID, I guess, is what you're saying. Bad, uh, Good Chargers or bad Jaguars? Uh, good Chargers, you know, they did what they were supposed to do. Uh, you know, no one expects a whole lot out of the Jacksonville Jaguars with Garner Minshew at quarterback, and um, they have traded all of their top-tier talent away um, to get picks in the future and kind of rebuild the organization. So I'll have to give the, uh, the better win to the Chargers on that one. All right. And I don't, I don't think the fans have heard you uh, comment on the development of one Mr. Justin Herbert. What's your thoughts on Justin so far this season? I mean, he only has one game in the one win in in the one W in the win column, and unfortunately four losses. But all the losses, you can't really blame on him. And he, while he's been putting up some historic type numbers, what's your thoughts on Justin Herbert? You know, I think he's progressed quite nicely uh, given the situation that he was thrust into. Um, you know, at kickoff, told, hey, man, you're about to take uh, all the snaps and be the guy. Like right now, hello. Um, you know, that's quite a bit to, uh, you know, put on your shoulders and the way that he's been able to handle it and kind of lead the team from, you know, that point on has been, uh, you know, very impressive. So I, I would definitely think that uh, Justin Herbert is ahead of the curve at this point. Yeah, I know he's a University of Oregon product who you're reluctant to give a lot of credit to. Um, but there's only been one other player to throw for 250 yards in his first five starts. That would be Patrick Mahomes. Your thoughts on that? And also, there's only one other player to have three TDs and three, one other rookie player to have three TDs thrown in three consecutive games. Your thoughts on those couple sets there? Yeah, I, I, that's a that's a perfect example of how sometimes stats can be misleading because if oh, you boy. just look at the stats, you would say that oh, you know, Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes are you know equal players, and that's clearly not the case. So you know sometimes you can pull uh, very obscure stats out of your you know what and you know, kind of make them, you know, look and feel and um, be a reflective of uh, some type of quality. But, no, we're not going to put okay. Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert in the same category um, for okay. any, you know, reason. <laughs> you, re- you refuse to do that. <laughs> um, 
making my point exactly right. You refuse, you're reluctant to give him any credit. Um, so what do you think about the stat that he's 70 yards as a rookie passer, and, and you mentioned how he was thrusted into his starting role, but hasn't given it up, hasn't given it up since the starter he's replaced has been healthy and was announced three weeks later that he was the starter of the, of the team moving forward. He's only 70 yards behind the pace of Mr. Cam Newton in his rookie season as far as yards passing. So he, he's passed, and that <clears throat> that's the most in hit, uh, NFL history. So without a full game, in one game less than what Cam Newton has done it in, he's only um, he's less than 70 yards behind him. Um, your thoughts on that, Seth? I have no thoughts on that, Cam. Again, sometimes, you know, stats can, you know, project a very distorted perspective of what's going on, and um, and Justin Herbert's been good. Don't get me wrong. Okay, so so you don't want to give – that's fair. You don't want to give Herbert any credit. That's, that's fair. But we talked about – we talked about one quarterback already in Joe Burrow and his competition with the Browns who was – it, it was a shootout, and it took a spectacular effort from Baker Mayfield to pull that game out for the Browns. Burrow is playing like the quarterback that we anticipated, many anticipated he would be, although he's playing for a tough organization and he's struggling to find W's, but it's not from lack of his performance. The same with Justin Herbert. The reason that they aren't winning is not because of Justin Herbert. He's putting up numbers as I just gave you some stats. He's leading his offense to more points than anybody anticipated this season. Um, they're, they're being very competitive against the defending championships, champion, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Very competitive against Tom Brady, going actually tit for tat in that game there against Tom Brady in Tampa. Very competitive against another Super Bowl champion and Drew Brees, and again the what, the reason the Chargers aren't winning games are not because of him, um, because as I mentioned he's been he's been putting up solid numbers, and that goes and then they're into comparison to the number five pick. So we had the number one pick, the number six pick, and now we're going to see this week the number five pick. How do you think the number five pick fits into this? mix of quarterbacks who's young quarterback, rookie quarterbacks who's producing right away. How do you think this number five picks um, plays into this mix? What's your prediction here? Oh boy. You know, I know that it's been a long time coming, um, extremely inspirational for those that have uh, followed the Tua Tagovailoa story from his days at Alabama. Um, I know know there's a lot of pressure upon him a lot of pressure upon him to be, you know, somewhat of the savior um, of a franchise in South Florida that has not been very good in recent years. Um, I guess actually in the last, you know, 25 years. Watch your tone. Watch your tone. But um, I'm I'm very excited to see exactly what he can do um, and the energy that he brings to the team and, you know, you know, who knows? He may pull off an upset and continue uh, on the trajectory that he's, you know, been placed upon, and you know, do some really great things. Yeah, that's a, that, you're, you're, that that sounds a lot 
a lot different than the than the enthusiasm and the confidence in you had him performing the clip you had him performing in. I mean, I think you had him in the Hall of Fame kind of when he was drafted. Now, the, which, the guy hadn't even seen the field yet. What's your reason for uh, tempering your expectations as, you, as it sounds like you have? You know, I'm not tempering my expectations. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for the best. But, again, he's playing against a very good uh, front four, um, you know, defensive player of the year in Aaron Donald. Um, so, hopefully he can just, you know, keep out of harm's way, stay healthy, make some plays, and, you know, kind of show the leadership that, you know, the organization thinks he's capable of and, you know, kind of, you know, breed that confidence within the team that he's the guy going forward. Yeah, well, he's going to need a lot of breath for that. So uh, we'll we'll see how things transpire. And then I'm I'm, I'll be interested to see your feedback and how he fits into this young quarterback core who some I've I've heard, Compare this to the 1983 draft. Uh, so, Paulie, that is that that may have be. not have have not heard that, and whoever said that uh, needs to be slapped in their face. Well, it, I, I was very stunned to hear that. Um, also, uh, there's one fan. You you know where I stand on Tua. Um, didn't think he should have been drafted uh, by my Dolphins at number five. Yet he was. I thought the Dolphins should have made a bigger move for Mr. Joe Burrow. And I want to get Cleveland's opinion later in the show of Burrow versus Herbert. But I, I wasn't familiar with Herbert, to be honest, quite honest with you. I, I knew who he was, but I wasn't familiar with his style of play and what, what he could do on the field. Um, I think it's been a revelation to everybody of uh, just the fact how good he's been. But, um, yeah, I, I heard there was a comparison earlier uh, earlier this week to that draft in 1983. But then also I heard, and Cleveland, I want your opinion on this, is that uh, not too often. You know, we had the Peyton Manning and Tom Brady um, competition. We had Andrew Luck and the Russell Wilson. They were in the same draft, if if I remember correctly. Um, oftentimes there's kind of one or two players that come out of a, a draft, not three quality quarterbacks that come out of the draft. So with the production that we've seen out of Joe Burrow, that was well anticipated. <laughs> the production, the production we've seen out of Justin Herbert, which wasn't anticipated by many outside of Oregon. Um. That really puts Tua in a challenging spot. Not only is South Florida on his shoulders and riding with him, you got the island of Hawaii riding with him. You got the the state of Alabama riding with him. And that means, man, that's a tough spot because the odds odds are you're not going to get three quality players, quarterbacks, in one draft, right? And we've seen that two of the guys have already played. Can this third guy play? What's your thoughts on that, Mr. Cleveland? Uh, too early to tell, Cam. Um, I, I certainly think that he has been um, put in a position to succeed. Um, the only caveat I have to that is that they're throwing him in against, again, the defensive player of the year in a very tough uh, L.A. Rams front four. So 
Um, hopefully he's able to navigate those waters and you kind of do okay. But um, I, I don't want to say that it's a, a quarterback-rich draft at this point. I mean, I think that the other two aforementioned quarterbacks have played, you know, pretty well considering their their circumstances. And, you know, Tua definitely has the opportunity to uh, put himself in that same uh, conversation. But uh, until it happens, you know, I, I don't want to make too much of this quarterback draft. But uh, okay, well, we'll we'll touch on them later. Um, but thank you for your feedback, and let's talk about this week's picks or confidence picks. Cleveland, fifteen for fifteen. We both went this week, so uh, kudos to you. Um, last week I was able to close the gap just a little bit, but uh, you still got you still got a lead. This weekend, our 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 pick segment, uh, Cleveland, you want to read this to the people, the, the results of the pick segment? So, okay. You uh, it looks like you, a... don't, you don't, you don't, you don't want to read this. Yeah. You don't want to read that. Uh, fans just real quick, uh, Cleveland will put a different spin on it, but he was 50%, seven out of 14, which, uh, my 10 for 14, 70%, uh, significantly closed the gap uh, to the lead that he had, uh, and the picks, the picks overall. And then also the picks against the spread. Cleveland, how many games do you get correct in the picks against the spread this week? Oh, that'd be zero. Um, you know, Cam, there, there were a few there were a few missed field goals that uh, uh, attributed to a uh, you know, unsuccessful, uh, you know, pick against the yeah. spread. That, that's called that's called the that's what happens. That the you know the 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 way the ball bounces right. So. With that being said, Cleveland, it is now um, picks against the spread, 57% to 61%. And overall, Cameron has taken the league. Here we are in week eight or week seven, excuse me, with the the overall pick segment now 71% to 70.8%. Uh, so, Cleveland, get your game up, okay? Yeah, um, and fans, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Cam tends to uh, pistol whip, excuse me, pistol pencil whip young Sam when it comes to this. So I'm going to go back through and just make sure that all of the uh, you know T's have been crossed and all the I's have been dotted to make sure everything's okay. Well, yeah. I mean, we've had this conversation and you already done that. So, um, yeah, fans, there's, it, it's a bunch of wine now that, that we have. Now that uh, I've given a, a seven-point, a seven-week lead. and I Nonsense, we, fans. We, I'm coming back. Young Sam is coming back to take his, his, you know. Uh, Before we close out the segment, Cleveland, you want to go ahead and and discuss your supremacy rankings this week. Um, Looks like we have the same one and two teams at the top of the heap, but I actually have KC ahead of Pittsburgh. Now, KC has suffered a loss, so it's easy to look at the – the win loss record and the now anoint one team a better team, but why do you have Pittsburgh ahead of KC? Explain that to the folks. Sure, two reasons, Cam, and they're they're. I think I thought they were kind of obvious, but maybe they're mm-hmm. not. Pittsburgh mm-hmm. has a better defense and they have a better balanced offense. <coughs> thought that thought thought that was kind of obvious, but what are your reasons for having KC above Pittsburgh? I guess would be a better question. Oh, they have the most explosive offense in the game, um, they, with led by the most explosive quarterback in the game. 
Uh, oh, okay, so, and, and how how and how have they used that the last two games? Because being a, a fantasy football player in the way that I am, I have not seen that explosive offense whatsoever in the last two games. Well, there's been adverse weather in both of those games. And Excuse me. Adverse, been adverse weather. weather is that is that is yeah. that is that the snow is that rain, a contributing factor to the most explosive offense in the league? Is that what you're saying? Well, that that has an impact on any team. That has an impact oh, wow. on any okay. team, especially, okay. especially so, so it's uh, weather related. So it's weather related. Your your opinion then? No, no. Uh, what, what I'm saying, you ask you ask for reasons. Why do I have? Why do I? Have, right, and you, I and, you, and you said why it was, been, and you said it was weather related, and then you went to it being weather related. Yeah, yeah. Is that not? Okay. I, I thought that would pretty, I thought that would be fairly obvious. If they played in the home stadium with a perfect turf, I mean, with you know perfect field conditions, I mean they they'd be putting up forty five points a game, but because they played in a severe rainstorm and the team they played against was looking for them to pass the ball and drop back and only had uh, three men in line and drop back every play, they decided to run the ball and let your guy or the guy that you traded away, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, rush for, uh, what, a buck 60 a couple weeks ago. And then last week, because uh, this defense tried to play, they played in the snow, and the defense was kind of gave them a mixture of what they were able to do, they their passing game, you know, they late leaned on a running game a little bit more. So the it's a versatile offense. You said, talk about a well balanced offense. They showed you that the, obviously they can pass with their receiving core that they have and the quarterback that they have. Obviously they can pass. They showed you in the last couple of weeks that they actually can run the ball. Um, so when you talked about a balanced offense, help me out. Whose running game is better, the Chiefs or the Pittsburgh Steelers? Oh, okay, I thought so. Um, Who's, which quarterback would you take? Uh, what, 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 you gave me no opportunity to answer that question. I mean, there's I think the Steelers' we, running game is a little bit more okay. consistent than the Kansas City Chiefs' running game. Come on, get out of here. Are you, ta- are you, taking, are you taking Connor? Are you get out of here. Are you, ta- are you taking Connor it, Stale over Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? And I know you just traded him away. And now Le'Veon Bell? Or – Whoever they, Damian Williams, whoever they decide to run, put in the running game seems to get production. There's a, some kid, Chris Lionel Thompson that uh, I've never heard about, number 31 for the Chiefs, who was uh, racking up yards the other night. Whoever they put in that game is going to produce because the threat of the passing game is so prevalent. So that explains. It's very, it's very understandable. But that's not how it translates on the field. Okay. All right. Well, you talked about a balanced offense. I just gave you I, I just gave you an opportunity to pick which running game would you take and you took the Pittsburgh Steelers running game over the Kansas City Chiefs, who I, I you tell me if James Conner might still be available in your fantasy league if you uh, if you want to know the deal. He might still if you like the running game so much, go get that go look for that guy because I'm sure he's available. And any Kansas City running back, uh, the number thirty-one, Charles Thompson, Chris Thompson, whatever his name is, I don't think he. I think he might be available. But the other two guys leading the way, uh, Le'Veon Bell, their new acquisition, and Clyde Edwards-Helaire, uh, they're not available unless you trade for them. You know, somebody, some some goofball willing to make that trade. Apparently. Mm, um, okay. Okay. I have I have Seattle at number three. Um, 
their loss aside, their bad defense aside, I just think the the play for seven weeks of MVP candidate Russell Wilson has led them to be if if that win if they get in the win column, I mean they're probably the second best team in the league. But they had a loss the other day, and I can't necessarily put them ahead of an undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers team. So I have them at number three. You have Green Bay at number three. What's your logic there? Yeah, I didn't like the way the uh, Seahawks defense played. I didn't like the way the game in Arizona transpired. I didn't like the uh, unfortunate loss that the Seahawks had. So, you know, I was trying to, uh, you know, put logic before emotion in this particular uh, situation. Okay. okay. Um, but you have Green Bay over uh, – you don't even have Tampa Bay in your top five. You got Green Bay at three. Didn't just two weeks ago Green Bay get throttled by Tampa Bay? Like, they didn't even show up for that game? Yes, this is the same Tampa Bay team that lost to the Chicago Bears, right? Well, yeah, it is, yeah. Okay, okay. That's why they're not in the top five, Cam. Mm, okay. They've lost okay. to the New Orleans Saints. They've lost to the, you know, Chicago Bears. That's why they're not in the top five. And All the teams in my top five have either zero or one loss. And Tampa again, has two, right? Again, again, you can so go why, so why are you simply, questioning the logic? It's kind of it's kind of weird. The, you can I mean, just simply look at even, the, the win loss record and pick out the top, excuse the top me? five team with the best record. You can just simply do that if you if you don't want to put any thought in the process. Now that's an okay. Easy so 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 the number five team on my list lost mm-hmm. the number one team because mm-hmm. um, an aging old fat kicker. <laughs> missed a field goal, mm-hmm. and he's he's missed six field goals from forty five yards or less this season. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and they have the best, you know, arguably, I think in your opinion, the best running back in the league. So I don't know. I didn't see yeah. a lot of room for Tampa Bay with a forty okay. two year old quarterback and uh, you know some some missing pieces around the offense. Okay. Yeah, they um Tennessee, I mean Tennessee, I I had Tennessee or Baltimore in that number 5 slot. And your guy Ryan Tannehill who you, who you just spoke, you know, so highly of last week. Wow, now all of a sudden he can't even be a quarterback in a top 5 team. Well, he he's the number 16. He's Cuz you always knew he was you always knew he was capable of this, right? Well, of course, if you put them in the in the right in the right uh, circumstances, in the right environment, in the right system, the, and you called right it, you called it as soon as soon as you left Texas A and M, you were you were screaming Ryan Tannehill. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, again, probably you you fit him in the right, put him in the right position. He can be he can be talented, or he's excuse me, he's talented. He can be productive, and he's showing that he can be productive in in Tennessee. Good good job by. Uh, Mike Brabel, um, where you want to poo-poo him for uh, picking up his, his old friend at, at kicker, you know, he, he's done a good job by identifying a quarterback to lead his team. Um, so I had them at number six. I have Baltimore uh, ahead of them by a smidge. And we'll actually see this. my, my list is fluid. We'll see how Baltimore performs. Baltimore should be the number two or three team, or excuse me, the number three team uh, next week, considering how they perform against uh my number two team. So we'll see that Pittsburgh Steelers play Baltimore Ravens this week, should, which should be a barn burger. I'm looking forward to that game. Um, 
so there's some other games that we're going to talk about. We'll we'll review our our picks, um, you know, next week to see how they're done. But the the picks are in, and we'll talk about that on another side. Cleveland, let's talk about some NBA action or some NBA discussions we have on the backside. I uh, want to know if your boy LeBron is going to be ready for the new season, or is he going to is he going to whine to um, Adam Silver about uh, pushing back the start of the season? Let's talk about that on the backside. What's good? What's good, fans? What's good? Thank you guys for tuning in, Voice of the Fans podcast. Once again, this is week 110. Thank you, Cleveland, for your participation as well. Cleveland, we got some NBA topics that we must talk about. Amari Stoudemire to join Steve Nash as coach of the Nets. Now, we already heard earlier in the, uh, earlier in the summer that some of the key players on the Nets don't believe that they need coaching. How does Amari Stoudemire fit into this mix here? Um, he is a guy that can tell a lot of the players because he is such a, you know, a veteran has been, you know, in the league for, you know, played in the league for quite a few years. Um, you know, he can instruct them, you know, what clubs will be cool to go to, uh, what places will be cool to eat at. And, um, you know, some of the, you know, investment opportunities that um, they can they can make. But as far as uh, a coaching perspective, no, I don't think Amara Stoudemire brings anything to the team. Yeah, this would be interesting to see if, I mean, that's a good call by you, but if anything, what he does, I, I think it might be a, a buffer um, between Steve Nash and the other guys on the court and, and the players, um, if anything. Uh, their the low post game is not um, kind of going to be their strength. I, I, strength I wouldn't expect it to be the strength of the of the Brooklyn Nets. Although there's a couple players there. That and and, and further and furthermore, the other thing the other thing that really kind of irritates me about that uh, coaching hire is that Amara Stoudemire never really had a whole lot of success anywhere outside of Phoenix when the two time MVP of the league was uh, feeding him the pick and roll. So. You know, I don't know how much really extensive knowledge he has of, you know, trying to help, you know, players get better. And, you know, certainly with uh, two head cases like KD and Kyrie, I, I just don't really see how he can, you know, be a factor in all that. Well, I, I know, uh, I, I know from just doing a show with you for so long is, is the fan that you are of uh, one number 15 who played in Denver for so many years and then took his talent to New York to ruin that team. But if you right, remember before, right. before, before that kid went to New York, there was, New York was on the uprise and it was led by a start, uh, a Mark Stoudemire who had New York kind of fans kind of back in the building, cheering and excited about what was going down. And then all of a sudden the rival of number 15 and kind of his style of play you know the old Charles Charles Barkley. And his, oh man, Cam, tell tell, tell the story season. accurately, like it. Cam, tell the what story accurately, like it happened. It was that, supposed what, to be a, a meeting of uh, you know two superpowers, and one was going to New York before the other one could actually get there. But there was an unwritten agreement that the other one was going to come, 
And once he did and brought his 29 points a game, the other one fell apart. Well, Physically. You know, you, well, you call it, you call know, it kind of like part, having, but... kind of like that movie Unbreakable. You ever seen Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> in the movie Unbreakable, Mister Glass? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what Amari Stoudemire turned into. <laughs> I don't think he, I don't think he played twenty five games any season that Carmelo Anthony was there. Okay, before Car- Carmelo Anthony joined the team, the there were people buying uh, New York Knicks jerseys. Um, before he got there, so um, and they're and they're they were, all embarrassed. They're all embarrassed, and they've all <laughs> hid those away, or burned them, or thrown them away in the trash compactor because it would just be uh, such a, an embarrassment if they came out with their Stoudemire jersey. Again, you said he had done anything since his time in Phoenix with the Nash throwing the ball. And I would just uh, prove it to the fact that he he had some production. He made a lot of friends. He made a lot of contacts from his what four, five, six weeks. Uh, oh, as a person, as a human being, and he was hilarious in that uh, Amy Schumer movie. Hilarious! <laughs> wow, those shots fired. So yeah, I don't. Back to your original point, I don't expect much. Um, I think it's kind of comical he bringing in. Uh, he he. Uh, the net signing him, I think, if anything, he's going to be a good buffer between the player and his friend, uh, Steve Nash, um, in in Brooklyn. It's just going to be – Brooklyn's going to be a circus. I mean, you, you want to – as a basketball fan, you want to be excited about the combination of Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. You want to be excited about that mixed with some of the talent, Dan Witte, Karis LeVert, uh, Jared Allen, that they have already there. Um, but I think I, I can uh, – Confidently say, for to speak for the rest of the NBA fans and definitely the voice of the fans, that it's going to be a shit show in Brooklyn, <laughs> and and it's just going to be kind of comedy to see how these things transpire. And uh, unfortunately, Stoudemire and Steve Nash is going to take a big hit because I don't think they're going to be able to wrangle <laughs> wrangle that circus appropriately, and we'll see how that goes. Um, Cleveland, there's a lot of talk about Giannis. You know, in his last last season, under contract with the Milwaukee Bucks, if you were the Bucks, do you sign or trade him? Um, you know, I, if I was the Bucks, I'd try to do everything I could to sign him and keep him on the squad, obviously. Cause, but if, if, if that's not an option, who presents the best offer for the Milwaukee Bucks, the Heat, Dallas or the 76ers West kind of play GM for a minute. Who presents the best offer for the Bucks, and who who would you trade for them? Well, unfortunately, for the Milwaukee Bucks, they know that they can't really actually get market value for Giannis because whoever is trading for him knows that they're trading for him with no guarantee that he's going to sign a long-term contract and they don't have enough assets to make it a good trade for the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks were in a much better position because they can acquire talent, and they don't need a whole lot more um, to get them over the hump. And if they don't if they don't have the opportunity to get them, then they just don't. I mean, but yet you have to at least rather, you know, roll the dice with them. Okay. 
Okay. So that's so you don't you, you wouldn't if I'm understanding you correctly, you try to sign them and, and you ride you ride the wave with Giannis on your team and you don't um accept the trade from the Miami. You you, are, you offer the, you offer him the super max, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he says either yes or no. If he says yes, okay, well then oh it's just a parade in Milwaukee. If he says no, you say, Okay, well we'll try to make the team so attractive and have so much you know success for the team going forward that you ultimately want to sign a long term deal. But so you don't, don't, you don't do consider, that. You don't, you don't consider trading them at all, is what you're saying. You go into the season with uh, him as a, as a free agent into into the next season. Him as a free agent, do the best you can to to entice him as best you can. That's what your that's your standpoint. Correct. Until until he starts wearing the you know the Anthony Davis Warner Brothers. That's all, folks. Sure. <laughs> okay. Well, then it's time. It's, you know, it's time to let him go. Right. Yeah. Until then, I'm, it's I'm like hey, can we can we work something out? <laughs> you know, right? Well, he doesn't yeah, strike me as that kind of guy, right? Yeah, I don't expect him to do that. But what is your if you had to trade him? Kind of what would be the trade offer that you would accept for him? Who has the best offer is kind of what I'm getting at. That's a perfect. I don't think it's like I think I, I think the only team that really has enough assets to do it would be the Pelicans because you can get enough young talent back. No, in, you don't want them bumps in exchange. You don't want those bumps, no. Okay, well, otherwise you, I, you just trade him straight up for another superstar, and then you have to determine like what team is a good fit for Giannis. I mean, you're talking like you're talking. You're talking like you're talking like Embiid for Giannis, or like yeah, Ben no, Simmons and someone else in a pick for Giannis. It's like it's, it's, it's a lot there to give up. I mean, Philadelphia would give up Ben Simmons for Giannis and and a player too. Uh, what's the uh, the point guard is um, the point guard is, is failing me for Philadelphia. The guy who came off the bench. Oh man, I can't. Uh, I'm having a tough time. The guy who came You're off. You're talking the bench, about Shake, right? Be Shake Milton. Yeah, Shake, Shake him. Yeah, uh, in a, yeah. See, in a see, see. How 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 does that how does that look for you know from Milwaukee's perspective? Like, well, give me uh, a sixteen guy that can't shoot. We already got you know Giannis who can't really shoot. So like, what like what are we gaining here? There's, there's nothing to gain there. Well, Unless you're trying to get something because you ultimately think that you're going to lose him, you can't sign him. That's but, right. That's exactly right. That's that's the premise of the the question, Cleveland. Is if you can't sign him, what do you trade him for? What's the best offer you can get him, get for him? And I think if you can't get Ben, but the, but but the question is, but the question becomes, what is the environment that you don't think no. you can sign him? Is it because of what the Miami Heat were able to do this last year, or what you think the Boston Celtics are capable of? Because no, he doesn't want to be you there. Because Doc wants, Rivers cause he is no, because he doesn't want to be there. That would be the only reason you can't find him is because he doesn't want to be there. He wants to go to a big market. That'd be the but he wants to be there already. No, he wants to be there already. Well, again, Cleveland. He, he just wants he just wants them to be good enough to. Add upon his legacy. It's not that he doesn't right. want to be in Milwaukee. Right. He just wants right. them so to you're, be. So you're you're mixing up my question. You're mixing up my question. My question is is 
it wasn't how do you improve the Milwaukee Bucks. That that wasn't my question. My question was, if Giannis decides he doesn't want to be there, what's the best thing you can get for him? And so I'll answer my own question is I would try to go to Miami, the Miami Heat, and get Bam out of bio. And if I can get uh, Mitchell Robinson and Tyler Hero, done, that's a done deal. And if I can get a pick out of them too, that's a done deal. I'll take all three of those players and, and let's run in Milwaukee. Uh, that was the, that was my question. However, if how do you make Milwaukee Bucks better? It sounds like the question that you're trying to answer is you get rid of uh, number 22. Uh, you trade him. You get rid of that guy and get some quality shooters in the game, and then you improve Giannis' game. Giannis' game as a shooter. That's how you make them guys better. Um, that's how that's how they get better. But you're gonna have to get a. Uh, I can't even think of my man um, number 22. The, wow. The, the, so let me get so let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. If I if I'm understanding you correctly, you think that the Milwaukee Bucks would change would trade the two time NBA MVP for Bam Adebayo, Robinson, and Te- Tyler Hero? This is if again my question was if he decides he doesn't want to. Is be that the best package you can come up with, Cam? Because general managers all over the league are laughing at you. And like, wow, can we really get Giannis Antetokounmpo for that deal? Oh, man, I got a whole bunch of stuff I can put together for you. Let me give you Blake Griffin and (laughs) – No, 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 no. Let me give you Andre Drummond and and Kevin Love and – Stop it, stop it. Neither one of those – And and Sexton and and two first-round picks for Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, is that realistic? Neither one of you guys. Neither one. That trade that you just came up with was completely unrealistic. What? How is that unrealistic? Miami's. Miami's. They're drooling. Because over you there. offered Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, and Duncan Robinson. So you you say no? Who, who says no to that deal? Who says no to that deal? The Milwaukee hey. Bucks say no to that deal. Again, give me a better deal than that. Again, so why don't you just give him Chris? Why don't you just give him Chris Paul and Shea Alexander and uh, you know the Australian dude? The Australian dude for, the for, Italian dude, Danilo, Danilo Gallinari. Throw, throw, no, throw Gallinari and uh, what's the uh, Australian dude's name? See now, I'm not oh, even drawing oh, a blank. Uh, Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams. Why don't you throw those guys in there? Who's who's gonna play with an OKC? <laughs> and he's going to another small market. I, I mean, what, he he's gonna be just as unhappy. Again, the whole premise of my question was considering Giannis wants to leave. Giannis does not want to be there. That's the whole premise of my conversation. So if he, you offer him the supermax and he signs the supermax, yes, the, you don't try to trade him if you don't have to. But the whole premise is if he if he does rejects that offer. And now you must look for trade options, which is the best deal that you can get. That's the whole premise of my question. And again, if you're trying to make just make the Milwaukee Bucks better, you get rid of the shooting guard and you just change the backcourt. You get yourself a score, a point guard who can score. You get yourself a shooter who can actually shoot when it counts. Those, those and then Giannis obviously has to improve his shooting as well. That's how you improve the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay, so you're like uh, Siakam and Van Vliet, then, for Giannis. How's that work for you? 
GM. Ooh, oof. Uh, do I give? Do I, it. I need a high. I need a higher pick in there. Toronto's pick is not going to be good enough for me. Toronto's pick, who they're picking in the teens or the late twenties, late rounds, that's not going to be. That's not good enough for me. If you can, if you can, just give me a couple high picks from somebody. Get a mix. Uh, somehow get the Detroit Pistons pick or get the Minnesota uh, Timberwolves pick in there. Some somehow do what you got to do. Call me back when you get. Give me two picks and and I'll be tempted to do Siakam and Van Vliet. Yes, definitely. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pick in there. Okay. Yeah, I need to pick. I need to pick in there. I mean, I need because neither one of the Siakam is. Okay. So 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 you want you want you want Jamal Murray and and the Joker for Giannis. That's that's the type of that's the type of trade you're looking for. Not the Joker. If I can get my hands on, if I can get my hands on, uh, uh, what's the guy from the two hundred six who played up there? Mike. Oh, my, oh, oh, so you're okay? You're okay with Murray and Michael Porter Jr. for if Giannis? Michael Porter, if Michael Porter Jr. was the third player in that mix, but see, Joker. Oh, so now you, want, so now you, need, so now you need three players. Well, uh, yeah, I need, I need, I need competent players. Yes, I need. I don't want to have to go now. I need competent players. So, 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 Patrick Beverly. Montrez Harrell and uh, Lou Chicken Wing Williams, are you down? <laughs> Woo! Those guys, I, I need, I need a pick because those guys, I need one of the, you guys. Need a pick, okay. Picks. You guys are sitting on five okay. picks. The, all the players you named, uh, Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams, are 33, 32, 33. Like that does nothing for the future for me, right? So I give, um, I give you Devin Booker. I give you Devin Booker, Michael Bridges, and Rick Rubio. Ooh, ooh, you dealing? Uh, ooh, can I see? Is it too much to ask for Devin Booker in the center? Aiton? <laughs> Said <laughs> you're not going to use Aiton. Yes, 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 Sam. That's too much to ask. <laughs> I just get. I'll take those. Two and again, guys. again, remember. Again, remember. You're asking teams to trade for someone that. Has no incentive to sign a long term deal. But you don't have enough like, assets to do that. So, so Cleveland again. Looking at my, looking at the teams I initially on on a, I offered was making a deal with. He would sign. I'll give you Carl and, Anthony. I'll give you Carl Anthony Towns. No. I'll no. give you uh, no, no, no. Snitchy. No. I'll give you Snitchy. <laughs> Snitchy, yeah. D'Angelo Russell, and the pick. Are you down? No, no, I'm not going nowhere. Though. Wow, no, no. Carl Anthony, snitchy. I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going nowhere with those guys. No, <laughs> he's called wow. him snitchy though. But no, I mean, do you do Draymond? Do you do Draymond in the number two? And who who else could they give up? Who who else could go to state give up? Come on, See, you man. have to go to Draymond in the Draymond in the number two. You guys have to get Giannis into the Kupo. Come on. No, and you have to assets, up. man. Assets. I just, I just, I just said yes to to somebody else. I just said you have to give up somebody else. But you're sending. You're but there's sending no one else. There's no one else to give up. That's what I'm saying. There's no one else to give up. I mean, you have to scour that roster a little bit. I mean, there there might be a couple players that. that you oh can wait for some for, for some crumbs that you can throw into <laughs> the Giannis onto the Kupo deal. Uh, the two-time again, MVP so, of the league. So you're sending them to a squad 
that he's going to get to that squad and says, yes, I'm signing with them. Sign me up. He's going to sign with Miami. He's going to sign with Golden State. He's going to sign with Philly. I mean, you, that's, you, have to, you have to make a deal with that team. Him going to Minnesota does nothing for them because, yes, you're right, it's a one-year rental. Why would Minnesota give up that? If, you, if he's going to OKC, yes, he's a one-year rental. Why is he going with that? If he goes to, you know, the Denver Nuggets, that's still questionable um, uh, of if he signs with them or not. But he, you send him to a big but market. But that's, 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 that's the whole dilemma, Sam, is that there's no team like that. There's no team like There's what? no team He's like that that has enough assets to trade for him and then not be totally to. depleted. The Miami Heat. I get him and oh, Jimmy right. Butler. All oh, right. I'm so sorry. I'm so him, sorry. Him and right. Jimmy Butler. Right. Um, right. The, the Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero and... Bam Adebayo for Giannis Antetokounmpo. You don't make that trade. No. You don't. Not if I'm not if I'm Milwaukee. Of course I make it if I'm the Miami Heat. If you're Milwaukee, you don't make that trade. You get two shooters. Absolutely, absolutely not. And a defender, and a defender slash ball uh, playmaker. I don't know, Ken Cleveland. You got to think about that one, bro. Yeah, for the two-time yeah. NBA MVP, now that has has got who has fizzled out in the playoffs two years in a row. Oh, okay. So you want to trade for him, but then you want to talk smack about it. Oh, okay. No, I'm saying which one? Which one? Which one's it going to be, man? No, well, I'm not making that trade. Okay. All right. Well, again, I I I, I asked you. To propose a trade, and you haven't proposed a trade yet. In the last and I said, I I I I have I have proposed I have proposed numerous trades. In addition, I said from the beginning, the team with the most assets is the New Orleans Pelicans. Man, I, well, I'm gonna put together, try to put together a trade for the for him. Okay. So, uh, um, um. Bi Brandon Ingram, Jason Hart, and and Ball. Come on, man! Does that move? You? Oh no, 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 no! no. We're, we're going more like Jackson Hayes, Drew Holiday, and JJ Reddick. Come on! Why would Milwaukee do that? Now, now I just got a bunch of uh, 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 people. Well, you know, just Jags, just a guy. You have a center. You have a point guard. And you have a shooting guard. The three things that what the Milwaukee Bucks don't have. Redick, Redick is thirty-five years old, so I might not have him. I might not have him for two more years. Um, Drew Drew Holiday is he's is he thirty? Where is he at? I mean, I, I don't have 30. a future with him. I don't have he's a thirty. Okay. I don't have a future with those guys. I need a, I need some kind of future. Oh, wow. I need as a, opposed to your other. As opposed to your other trade opportunities, man. Come on. Man. Duncan Robinson, the Heat trade I proposed, they have a future. They could be good for the next three to five years. They wouldn't have to make With Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, and Bam, where are they going? They're going nowhere. They don't have a superstar. You just trade your superstar away. Well, that, I mean, that's the situation. Again, the whole premise. And, and none of those players that you before mentioned are going to become a superstar. Duncan Robinson is never going to be a superstar. Tyler Hero yep. is never going to be a superstar. Not and Bam Adebayo has hit his ceiling. 
He is an all-star, not he a superstar. I know you get these two things confused because you don't understand the difference, <laughs> but the superstar <laughs> is the one that carries the team to the championship. And Bam Adebayo is not doing that ever. He's hit his ceiling in his third year, is what you're saying. In his third year in the league, he's hit his ceiling. Tyler Hero. Yes. Tyler Hero. This is as good as he's going to get. Bam Adebayo, you think he's going to get better than this? Absolutely, yes, absolutely, yes. He's gonna be. He's gonna get. Big. He's not gonna go down with the shoulder injury when somebody fights for the ball and be out for the next two games. That's uh, in the finals. That he's gonna get better than that. Yes, yes. He's gonna get stronger. And so he will. So he will be better than a. So he will be better than a complimentary player. He will be a superstar, in your opinion. Well, you, you just he's watch more he, he me. Oh my goodness. Again, okay, you haven't given me a trade. He's not a superstar. He's not a superstar in the making. He will never be a superstar. He always has to play with someone that's a superstar to win a championship. It won't be because of him. He's a more physical Draymond Green. So who carried the Heat to the finals? They played very well collectively as a team, and Jimmy Butler was their best player. Who cared? And Jimmy Butler was their best player. He was not a superstar, but he was the team's best player. Okay, Cleveland. I think fans. I think I just caught Cleveland wrapped him up in a in a, his own cocoon. Man, fans. He did get me kind of riled up with these with these ridiculous Giannis trade possibilities for the two-time NBA MVP. They want to give him Bam. <laughs> he wants him Bam Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and a pick. I think they make the move. I think, that, I think they make that move. Bro. Oh, my I God, dude. We're talking about the, Oh, my God. We're talking about – listen, listen. We're talking about the Milwaukee Bucks. We're talking about the, 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 the fan base in Milwaukee. Would love Tyler. Hey man, what 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 month is your used car salesman uh, license expired, man? <laughs> what, what, what what are you trying to sell people? I'm just telling you, man. I think they would fit well. I think they would fit well in Milwaukee, and then that would be a worthy pick. Cleveland, let's go on to the next question. The draft is in three weeks. Is there? Do you have any um, anybody you target in the draft? Anybody you? you um, I know it's been a kind of a whack summer. We haven't had no summer league. We haven't had any uh, any um, what do they call it? NBA the what goes on in Chicago the combine. So we haven't been able to see some of this. But do you have anybody that you like in the draft? Anybody tempting you um, in, that you encourage about making a move for? So unfortunate, Cam. There are no marquee names. There are no can't miss prospects in this draft. It is very much up in the air. I don't think anybody really knows who they're going with with anything, really, to be quite honest. So Wiseman, Wiseman at number two, you don't do that if you're going to say? What did, what did, you going to say do with that number two pick? Should they package that? They should package it and obtain offers. <clears throat> if they can't, I think Wiseman is probably the best pick. So to just kind of go real quickly, go back to our conversation we we just had. Do you package Draymond and then number two to try to get a guy like Giannis? 
Absolutely you do that, Cam. If Draymond and the number two pick in the draft will get you the two-time NBA MVP, but that's mm-hmm. unrealistic. So I mean, that package the, would have to go for a player at... of us. Go ahead. That package would have to go to a player that, that, that is not quite on that stature, man. Who do you package that? Who do you make that? Who do you package if you do that? Draymond at number two, who would you get if you're going to say? Who do you package that for? Um, you're looking for a really great number three. Um, you know, a really good small forward who, off the top of my head, I can't really think of who that might be. Um, there was talk about to but, uh, try to get uh, uh, Bill out of Washington. Bradley Bill. But see, Bradley Bill doesn't help them. They already have a one and a two, so they don't need a one or a two. But they're already going into the season. Understanding, yes, Steph and Clay. So now you're looking for that other piece. But you could put you can put him. You could put you could have him and Clay switch off either way. That way you have have him and Clay switch off doing what? You always you always have two uh, two scores on the court. If, you know, when however the rotation goes, you always have Bradley Beal is all NBA thirteen type player. You don't, you're not interchanging these guys, man. You need like a legitimate number three, man. Clay can play a three. And it's not Clay can't play a three consistently. He's a shooting guard, man. Okay, I'm, just, I'm telling you what the what the talk is. Okay, so what do you do with that? What do you do with that number two pick? If I'm in, I trade it. If you don't trade it, then you draft Wiseman. I don't I have I don't have enough. See, here's the thing. You would like to say, okay, Michael Porter Jr. is developed enough to warrant the number two pick in the draft, but I don't know. I like what he can do, but I don't I don't know. Who says no that durability trade? issues? Who says no to that trade? I, and I think Denver is going to finish with a um, – I think Denver has a pick, if I'm not mistaken. They have an early draft pick, if, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. Who, is, who, says, no, who says no to that pick? Who says no to that pick is uh, Golden State because they're getting damaged goods back and returned. He, he, is he damaged goods still? Yeah. His playoff his – playoff, He's running the playoffs didn't show you that he has potential to be a superstar? That he's durable? No, it didn't show me he was durable. Did it show you he was durable? I mean, I don't remember him going out with injuries. I mean, he, I remember him playing. He was inconsistent because he was a young player, though. But you get him around, you get him around um, in, in, a, in a program, around good coaching, quality players. I mean, I'm sure he can be consistent. That his his problem. He was inconsistent. I mean, when he spoke up and said, "I'm not getting the ball enough," I mean, that showed me guts. Rudy, would you would you would you trade would you trade Rudy Gobert for the number two pick? If I'm if I'm what you call it, if I'm Utah, depending on I yeah. I, I don't know if I'm Utah. I, I have to know. You know what? You know you know how the draft unfolds. You know you know the players that are available. Would you trade okay, Rudy Gobert for the number two pick in the draft? What I'm saying, what I'm saying is, I don't know the relationship between Rudy and Donovan. If if, if it's really sour, it's not good. 
It's not good. He kissed him on his well, mouth yeah. and he got coronavirus. It's <laughs> not good. You already know that. But no, but they they talked. There was talk that they mend the kind of mend the fences in the in the playoffs in in the bubble. They talked about it. They said, "All right, man. You know, we got to go out here and try and win a playoff series. So I'm gonna let it go for now." But yeah, you gave me the coronavirus, dude. Being reckless, we're not friends. I'm a, I might need an additional pick, but I, I strongly consider that. Yes. And if they okay. got if they got Rudy, if they got well, bam! You if you're Golden State, you do that every day, all day. Yeah, if they got Rudy Gobert. Oh boy, <laughs> they got Rudy. Oh boy, somebody who's not, <laughs> somebody who's not looking. So see, not, see, see, now we GM. See, now we're doing the GM thing. I like it. Before you try to just give me this garbage for <laughs> like no, I'm not taking that garbage. But give me Rudy Gobert for the two. Oh, we're done. Done deal. I mean, I mean, there, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask for something else if I'm if I'm Utah. I'm like a late round pick or next year's pick. Like what else? You, you get the number two pick in the you get the number two pick in the draft. Well, so that's you make it happen for you make it happen from there. You do your assessment, and you pick the second best player in the NBA draft and go with that. No, but I'm saying if if I can get, I know I know Golden State is salivating with this, with this pick I mean, with this uh, potential, so they're likely to want to give up something else. What is I'm gonna have to scour the roster. Man, you need to, you need to, you need to go to GM school, man. That's what you about? need to do. Because you just always want the leverage to be on your on your end, man. No, man. I'm giving you the number two pick in the draft. But the number two pick in the draft is not going to be as good as Rudy Gobert is today. How do you for a you, year? You, but see, that's 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 totally wrong. Look at you're thinking about this. The, are you telling me the number two pick in the draft shouldn't be better than Rudy Gobert in three years? That's what I'm saying. He's not going to be that for three he years. Absolutely, he absolutely should be. He absolutely should be better than Rudy Gobert in three years. In a draft that you already admitted is not is is not a, a quality draft. It's not. It's, it's not that deep as in drafts of the past. But the number two pick, yeah, you should be getting a better player than Rudy Gobert. Mm. I don't know, Rudy Gobert. How many times he he two time defensive uh, NBA uh, defensive NBA defensive? Oh, that's cool. That's cool because the you NBA is all about, about defense, right? You just talked about Giannis. The reason you would give up Giannis is because he's a two time defensive player of the year. What are you talking about? No, I said two time. No, no, no. I said two time NBA MVP. I don't know, man. We went a long time. That means the best player in, in, in the entire world twice. Well, I mean, that's an award. You would you I didn't I didn't say I didn't say I didn't say he blocked shots and rebounded and set picks. I said he was the most valuable player in the NBA twice. Mm. Well, I mean that would be a good that would definitely be a good uh, pickup if they were able to make that trade for number two and get uh, Rudy Gobert. That would definitely be a hell of a trade for uh, uh, Golden State if they were able to do that. But I'd ask for a little bit more if I was Utah. Just that's me. That's me. Mm. Of course, it Cleveland, are are you okay with the Christmas start? I mean, uh, you and LeBron like sound like you guys need a little bit more time off. Um, are you okay with a Christmas start? And you know. What's the talk down there? How how much time? How much how much time? 
you know, Adam Silver talking to LeBron, how much time, LeBron, do you need before we can start the season? Like, do we since we're just going to wait on you, when do we when should we start the season, LeBron? If you wait on LeBron, it's mid-January. That late, that late December nonsense was kind of crazy. Like, what what does happen here? So you talking? And I, I think you're talking that, about two weeks. And I don't think it's just. I don't think it's just LeBron. I mean, I think there's some oh, other teams well, that are like, wow, too. we just kind of like listen, got I done gotta here. Listen to AD too. I got to listen to AD, Mister Twenty Seven, <laughs> Mister Twenty Seven Year Old AD. I got to listen to him too now. Um, yeah, Man. that is the shortest off season in the history of the world. And, yeah, I don't think they're going to be up and ready to play um, at the highest level of the game in six weeks. Well, I, man, we got to get back in the rhythm of, rhythm of things. The, in the NBA, we took a hit. Okay, so how, so, how does, so how does January the 15th sound? Well, we missed a, we missed a Christmas day. I mean, we've been – um, I'm so, oh, monetizing Christmas. Day I know. Over I know. There's a there's there, there's a coronavirus world pandemic going around. This has kind of, you know, got uh, the schedule and all kinds of things out of kilter. But wow, am I supposed to risk my body and in injury because of that? I'll risk your body? Uh, uh, yeah, you're supposed to get your ass on the court so we can make this um, million dollars of TV money on Christmas Day. Um, so you need to, if you need to load manage over the next um, two weeks after Christmas, I mean, which will probably happen, you know, quite as gap is probably be there. You know, he's not going to miss the opening game um, and miss the ring ceremony. You know, he's not going to miss that um, providing fans are able to come back to the stands by then. But yes, we need you on Christmas day. Providing that um, fans are able to come back to the stands in like six weeks. Yeah. That's not going to happen, Cam. Oh man. We'll see, man. We'll, we'll see. I'm interested to see how uh, we'll see. Yeah. Oh, okay. We'll we'll we'll, 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 see, we'll see how the coronavirus turns in six weeks. I mean, our president already said we're turning the corner. He said that back in April. I mean, how big is this curve? Right? Okay. Okay. How big well, is, right, how we'll big see, is we'll this curve? Get, I mean, yeah. How big is We're turning it right. You know, that'd okay. be my question. Well, so, ask University of uh, Wisconsin uh, athletic director how it looks over there. Hmm. All right, Cleveland, we went way long in this segment, man. I see we need to do some more basketball one-on-one for you. Um, but we're going to work on you, buddy. We're going to work on you. Uh, let's take oh, we're, oh, oh, we're going to work on you, Clipper fan. <laughs> <laughs> Kawhi, Kawhi agent. <laughs> Your head is capping. We're going to talk about when we come back, man. We're going to talk about uh, this week in history. And then we're going to talk about some more football, man. Uh, um, I'm going to ask a question about the Seahawks for you. Now I want to see if you can answer this question for me. About the Seahawks and the Cowboys and see if you can be honest and objective here for me. Fans, let's uh, take a brief moment and come back to you in a moment. All right, Kawhi, I'll see you in a sec. Hey, fans. One thank you guys for tuning into our Voice of the Fans podcast as you do each and every week. We appreciate the love. Please make sure to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend about our show. Additionally, I'd like to ask that you guys subscribe to our Voice of the Fans YouTube page. Go to YouTube, type in Voice of the Fans, hit the subscribe button. What you're going to find there is a lot of exclusive content. Interviews between Greg Popovich and myself. 
Scott Farrell, sports talk host, and myself. You're going to hear my conversation with Emmett Smith. Hear why he tells me to go do some research. You're also going to see my interview with Jim Brown, legendary Jim Brown. You're going to see my interviews with Eric Dickerson. You're going to see my interview with Terrell Davis. Hear why Terrell Davis says that Broncos running system was not a system. Hear his explanation of that. Once again, Voice of the Fans on YouTube page. Check it out. Again, tell a friend to tell a friend because we appreciate that love. Thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, thank you for making our voice your choice. All right, what's good? What's good, fans? Thank you guys for sticking with us. Thank you guys for enduring this Cleveland NBA trade trade room banter. I mean, I, I know I know he's left something to be desired. I know he needs some work. Fans, I'm working with him. Uh, be patient with him. By NBA season, he'll be ready to go. I, I can assure you that. Cleveland, we touched on it earlier in the show, but I want to get your feedback now specifically, sir. Better rookie QB thus far in the season, Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert? Just give you some numbers and see if, see if this helps you make your decision. Justin Herbert. Well, one quarterback is nine TDs, five interceptions at 89 QBR. Another quarterback has 12 TDs, three interceptions, went the month of October with one interception, 108 rating. Do you know who's the different? Who's who? Oh, absolutely. Justin Herbert is the one with the better numbers. Okay. Who's the better quarterback? You're you're right in saying that actually, but who's a better quarterback, Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert? Uh, watching them both play, um, I actually have seen a little bit more Burrow than Herbert. Um, I would go with Burrow. He's he's the real deal. So the far. real deal. So far, okay. Is, is he worth giving up your three number ones for? No. It's still not worth giving up your three number ones for. Huh? No. No, you that, called that, him the real deal. That was crazy. You just called you just called him the real deal, but he's not worth giving up your three number one for. No, he, he's not. He's not that much of the real deal. No, he's not that much of a real deal. So far, no. so far for those three number ones, you got a you got a guy who you haven't seen. We're week, we're going into week eight in the season. A guy who you don't know what the um, ceiling is on the guy. You got a guy, a, a, um, your third cornerback who doesn't see the field at all, and you got a. Um, what did they get with their second pick? A lineman who you could have found in the third or second or third round. So those three picks that you picked, you have got zero production thus far in the season. And you're talking about a quarterback <laughs> who's a better quarterback. You just admitted he's a better quarterback. It's not worth that. Interesting. Interesting. And Herbert, man, Herbert's the real deal. Uh, I've seen Herbert intimately here for um, up close, talk to him. Um, kind of an introvert, but he's very polished on the mic. He is the real deal, and from what we've seen of these Chargers, like they're not losing games because of him. I mean, the kid has a 108 rating, QB rating, and again, the losses. He missed a field goal that would have won them the game a couple of weeks ago um, against the Carolina Panthers, I believe it was. He went tip for tap for with Tom Brady, you know, bomb, touchdown for touchdown, and he's throwing bombs. Um, 
he took the defending champs to overtime um, in his first game as a starter. Um, and Drew Brees, he, I mean, kind of made some uh, young rookie mistakes, but he's he's been he's been really solid. Uh, Herbert has been a uh, steal in the draft and number six. Um, how's the Seahawks pass rush? Now I know they just traded for uh, Dunlap, right? But uh, I mean, are they, they left just Davion Clowney hanging all season, and still they act like they didn't need him. How's that Seahawks pass rush? The Seattle Seahawks pass rush is non-existent, Kim, which is why they made the trade to go out in Carlos Dunlap, uh, disgruntled Cincinnati Bengal. Hopefully, he can. Um, add to some of the ferociousness that has been lacking in the Seahawks pass rush and, you know, make some big plays at opportunistic times. What did to they answer your question, Dunlap? it's terrible. What did they give up for Dunlap? Uh, seventh round pick, excuse me, a sixth round pick and an offensive lineman that wasn't playing for us right now. So trash, basically. Well, I mean, they were kind of, you know, trying to get as much as they could, if anything, for Carlos. Again, a disgruntled employee, just trying to get him out of town. So, you know, they got the best deal they could. Okay. All right. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Dunlap was a solid player. Seattle ought to get something out of him. Because, um, as you mentioned, the the – the 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 line is terrible. Before I get into the Cowboys question, man, you uh, we skipped over um, this week in history. Let's re- back up a little bit. October twenty five, nineteen forty, Benjamin O. Davis, first black general in the U.S. Army. That was nineteen forty. October twenty nine, nineteen sixty nine, the Sur- Supreme Court ordered to end school segregate. Uh, desegregation at once. So they wanted to desegregate all the schools at once in 1969. October 28, 1997, D. Cantor and Violet Palmer became the first women to officiate a major league all-male sport, and that was in, in the NBA. 1997, that doesn't seem, seem, obviously that's over 20 years ago, but it doesn't seem like that long ago that that They've been in the league, does it? Not at all. That seems um, like actually quite a bit longer than I would have uh, thought. And October 28, 2020. No, oh, that's not accurate. But October 28, Ron Francis of the Pittsburgh Penguins became the 38th player in NHL history to achieve 1,000 career points. What was that? I had the year wrong, but that was uh, Ron Francis of the Pittsburgh Penguins, first, first and only player to um, um, excuse me, the 38th player in NHL history to achieve 1,000 points. That was Ron Francis. So, back to our random topics, Cleveland. Just want to fit that in there. Cowboys should they fire Mark McCarthy? What's the issue in, in Dallas? Too soon to fire him, Cam. I mean, he comes with such a extensive pedigree, and him and Jerry Jones got along so well to, you know, kind of start this whole relationship that 
you know, him losing his starting quarterback and then losing his backup quarterback and um, several offensive linemen and his defense not really adjusting to the new scheme that he brought in. Coaching, of course, Camp. Um, I don't think he's really ready to lose his job just yet. Okay. Um, so you're giving him another season, huh? At least. Okay. Well, it, it's, it's given all the that adversity kind of... that 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 the, that the you know the organization has gone through this season. I mean, I I think that he deserves at least one more shot at it. Well, I think who um, I don't know. Have we seen the last of that Prescott in a cowboy uniform? You know, it's funny. I thought that we had when he got hurt. I thought that he was going straight to Tampa Bay, given the way that Tom Brady was playing early in the season. Um, but I think that in his absence, he's actually increased his value. <laughs> kind of weird, right? Um, and that they realize that his leadership and that everyone you know gravitates toward him. But he's always going to be one of those players that you're going to have to pay him more than his actual physical value is worth. But you can't measure his value just by what he does statistically. He's one of those kind of guys. Mhm. True. True. Very good. Very good point. Um, they're gonna have to offer him a king's ransom if they expect him to return. And if he doesn't, I mean, they're gonna continue to spiral because now they're searching for a quarterback. Where at least they had a quarterback who, who a serviceable quarterback in Dak. I mean, he's more than serviceable, but in their eyes, he was just a serviceable quarterback who they can who they can try out there and see that season after season. Now they don't even have that guy. Um, we see that uh, the cheap shot, the late hit on um, Andy Dalton, surprisingly enough, I think the, the player should be suspended for that late hit, um, you know, just kind of renders Andy Dalton even less effective uh, moving forward because you don't know, uh, you know, at this age how, how soon he's going to be able to bounce back, if he's going to be able to play next week or even the following week how he's going to play. You, you just don't know. So where I thought Andy Dalton was a serviceable backup, um, he may be less than that uh, thus far. And the Cowboys is, is probably in the tank mode right here at uh, what one and five right right now. So um, we'll see kind of how things how things play out. But uh, I think the Cowboys are in a tough position, or, or two and five rather. I think they're in a tough position and. We'll see how how things shake out, but McCarthy is definitely on the hot seat, man. I I, I brought us I brought this caliber championship caliber coach in here. I expected you to kind of get things turned around, and things have went sour. Um, you lose your quarterback, okay? He goes down with a horrific injury, but before that, I mean, all he was doing was putting up big yard, and we weren't winning games. I mean, they should have been one and five if not for the uh, stupid stuff that went on in Atlanta. If they if they fall on the fall on the ball and don't allow the Dallas Cowboys to to get the onside kick and then go down and score, they should be one and five. So I expected better. I expected more from you. I expected to have these guys at least playing inspired football, and we've seen. Um, just the opposite of that. So uh, he's on a warm seat, um, in my opinion. And if it doesn't get better soon, um, that seat can get hot real quickly. 
Um, so speaking about hot seats, Cleveland, let's talk about your your fantasy football team who's looking for a new GM. Oh, well, thanks so much for uh, bringing that up, Cam. I actually was able to squeak out a victory uh, this week. Mm-hmm. How about yourself? Oh, well, no, I, I'm getting healthy. I'm getting healthy. I'm getting healthy. That's what my team is doing right now. We're, we're focused on our health, and then that way we can kind of play strong in the back end of the um, in the back end of the season. Right now, um, in eleventh place, two out of five, ugly. Right there, you are a game ahead. Eleventh place out of about how many teams? Oh man, eleven eleventh place out of twelve, two and five. Okay, injuries that impacted me. Um, young Sam, you I have the entire league. Young Sam, you have 758 points, man. I got 788, man. So uh, it's it's been a, a loss by a smidge last week. So what was actually the the point total? I'm looking it up. It, I lost by seven points, man. Um, you know, I won. I won by half. I won by half a point. So you know, by the skin of my teeth. But uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes and uh, McLaurin definitely. Uh, you know, carried me through. So look, look, check this out. I put Christian Kirk in the game, <laughs> and 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 Gibson, Antonio Gibson in the game. I win that. I win that week walking away. You know, but do I play? And do I play Antonio Gibson over Ezekiel Elliott? Uh, chances, chances you're you're not doing that. Do I put? Do I play, Do I play Christian Kirk over DK Metcalf? Um, Chris Godwin or um, Keenan Allen? No. So essentially, GM well, he wasn't going to play. He wasn't yeah. going to play over Chris uh, Chris Godwin. He wasn't going to play over Keenan Allen. So do I put Christian Kirk over DK Metcalf? You decide. Who who, who do you play in that position? Okay. Exactly. Well, you know, Cam, they're, they're tough decisions. I mean, you know, it's not together, exactly. you know, very talented wide receiver core, and yeah. you know, you just made the wrong decision, unfortunately. Exactly. So now this week, I, I could probably say that my team is getting healthy, um, and we should get a we should get a, a win this week. Is it uh, next week? I got Young Sam fans. So, but this week here, I got to get a W in this current week to make that next week showdown. Uh, that that'd be for playoff playoff push. That'll be for uh, a lot of marbles. Not all the marbles. That'll be for a lot of marbles next week. Um. But this week, you know, I'm looking forward to Austin Eckler getting back. I saw him at practice today. He's doing some stretching. He looked like he's working that hamstring out. Looked like he might be on the field sooner than later. So ready to go? Uh, uh, not not quite ready to go. I'm looking forward. He might okay. be on the okay. field sooner than later. But you know, I, with the okay. addition of uh, young Scotty Miller, um, you know, I got Andrews who ready to play this week. Yeah, who is Tom Brady's uh, third wide receiver? Oh, okay. So, yeah, uh, he's going to be wide open considering the addition of Antonio Brown. So I'm looking for some production from him, you know. And, and I'm looking at uh, Keenan Allen and DK Metcalf to get to get right. Metcalf has the 49ers he's playing against. Keenan Allen has a, has the Broncos. So um, wow. with the, Ezekiel Elliott playing the Eagles, you know, I'm expecting some big things from him. Um, Devin Singletary has the uh, New England Patriots. I'm expecting some big things for him. So my team is looking out. We got a bad. We had a bad, uh, tough stretch right there. 
after the first couple wins, we had a tough stretch there that we need to rebound from, but not different than any other team in the league. So it's going to make a remarkable story when we come back from 11th place to, to win this league here, or just to make the playoffs since essentially half the team make the playoffs in this league. So it, we just have to make some, a few minor tweaks here and, and we'll be in the playoffs. So I'm pretty confident. Okay. How about you? Oh, I'm, I'm extremely, you know, confident. I got uh, my homes uh, at the helm now. So it's going to be fantastic down the stretch. Historic numbers. His, historic numbers. You got more homes at the helm now. So that was a that was some acquisitions you made. Is that was that what is that what we're looking at? Yeah, I made made it made a trade. Um, I did get some faulty pieces um, coming back to me in one uh, Cam Akers, who apparently gets no touches uh, in the Rams' offense at this point, but that's okay. And we have enough other players to uh, pick up the slack. And, again, getting past Mahomes, you know, the jewel of the uh, NFL, was huge. So that, that guy, McLaren, he, your number one right receiver, he, he can't seem to get hit the field, huh? Now look, look no, at he's that. on you the field. Gardner, you got Gardner Mitchell on your squad. Look at that. Interesting. Uh, um, just looking at your roster, are you familiar that you can only play one quarterback at a time? I was familiar with the rules, and yes, that's why I play Patrick Mahomes as opposed to Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew play, will play that one game when the Chiefs have a bye, and then he will get back to the bench unless something unfortunate happens to Patrick Mahomes. It's an insurance Drew, policy, Cam. Oh, you got, call them. As, you got Drew Brees as your insurance, huh? Yeah. I got both okay. of them. Okay, I'm just, you know. I'm just just looking at your just looking at your uh, uh, your roster here. I'm not sure who your GM is. Why well, you got three quarterbacks in your squad? But just say, you know, what do I know? What do I know? You got your one win ahead of me, and we'll see how next week how that how that transpires, how that helps you out for the rest of the season. Uh, fans, I want to leave you with this quote here before we go. The most important thing, the thing that unites us all, is whether we inspire and challenge one another to be better. That's what I do every week uh, by beating down Cleveland every week on the podcast. Uh, I hope I'm inspiring him to be better every week. And so that's why I know he'll be a better GM by the time Christmas time comes around because he's going to get tired of uh, getting beat up by me every week after week. So the most important thing, the thing that unites us all is that we can inspire and challenge one another to be better. So, and that's from the late, great Kobe Bryant. So I challenge each one of you guys to, to be better than you were today, be better tomorrow. Um, that's, again, for the late, great Kobe Bryant. Cleveland, I want to thank you for your participating on the podcast this week. Week 110 is in the books, Cleveland. Thank you for your participation once again. Fans, be sure to rate and review our show. We appreciate all the feedback that you give us. As I mentioned, it does impact our algorithm. So thank you for taking a moment to just rate and review the podcast. Also send any suggestions our, our way that you think. And then don't forget to answer the question. Can a player play themselves out of the Hall of Fame? Can a Hall of Fame yeah. caliber player play themselves out of the Hall of Fame? Answer that question uh, for us. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. What's your, what's your Twitter uh, account, Cleveland? It's at Cleavy Wonder. And I'm 
Young Cam, S, what's good in sports? The letter N, sport, singular. Hit me up, answer the question. Can you play yourself out of the Hall of Fame? Once again, fans, thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, thank you for making our voice your choice. Hey, man, thanks for making our voice your choice. You know how we do. I love you. I love you.